Hello, and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week, we're talking about the third album from singer-songwriter Julian Baker called Little Oblivions, and it starts out with a song called Hardline. an incredible way to start the record because if you're familiar with the music of Julian Baker and her prior two records the first of which she released when she was 19 they're much more stripped down just her and a guitar and a piano and this song is such a wall of sound and it's you know got drums and all these things that are not had not been on her previous albums and she said that in choosing how to sequence the record, she wanted to start with this to really kind of set the bar of like, this is going to be something different. And the emotional tone is so raw and powerful that it kind of is getting people ready for the rest of the record. Yeah, it is really shocking that I guess she's, what, 25 mm-hmm. now? And so that she is able to write, you know, this sort of intense, emotionally devastating music both instrumentally and in the lyrics she's able just to dig into despair and hopelessness in such a huge way and yet to there's a there's that because the song is so huge and big there's this sense of i'm not i'm not surrendering yet and that's i guess what i take away from this is like hey this is gonna be a rough ride but i'm not gonna abandon hope is kind of my feeling of this song which is good because it, she's clearly gone through some stuff in a relatively short life and it's great that she's making this music out of it and yeah i was not as familiar with her solo work but this is yeah it's such a statement of i'm i'm here i am now a major artist <laughs> pay attention to me yeah i think she got more prominence after doing the boy genius ep which was with lucy dacus and phoebe bridgers which was so wonderful and they're all just like three really talented young women and we've talked about each of their lucy dacus and phoebe bridgers solo records on this podcast so now we're, we're completing the three yeah it is ex- i'm really excited and yeah this album i was for sure looking forward to and yeah this song lets me know like yeah this is gonna has it's making a statement like i'm intending to live up to those expectations is what this album is saying so i think going on from here we'll play this next track which is called faith healer the smoke along, been going on. 
big part of Julian Baker's story is that she was raised pretty religious and she's, I guess what I would call the good kind of Christian and that it's this more progressive attitude of, you know, what would Jesus do? Like be, ha- having mercy for people and being good to others and kind of kind to the poor and that sort of thing. And a lot of this record and a lot of what she talks about in her interviews is grappling with that faith in a world where we have people storming the Capitol and using the Bible as a, a backup for really terrible things. Yeah. And this is certainly a song where I think it taps into, I think, the negative part of that, that like these faith healers who are selling false hope. And obviously that can be the temptation and how, it, again, I think she, her, she's able to mine these just this really devastating territory of being in a place where she's like, I know that this hope is false. I know that faith, faith healer isn't going to heal me. I know the snake oil is not going to help me, but that's the best hope I can have. I, I just, I need something. And I, the le- the best I can have is false hope. And that's so devastating, but it's such a beautiful song. Just the, it's really short. It's structurally, like there's no repetition. It's just kind of flows into this calling out to the emergence of false hope and then it ends. And it's really, it's sad and pretty. And it also threw me for a loop because my first few listens through the album, I was really underwhelmed by the drumming. I'm just like, this seems really, only in the sense that it didn't draw attention to itself. And then I threw on a pair of really good headphones, Mm -hmm. listen to this track, and you actually hear this very off-kilter kind of hi-hat in one ear. And it's so unsettling in this song that's otherwise very soaring and beautiful. And then there's this, and it's kind of offbeat and really strange. And I so appreciate that little touch. It's worth noting that she is the drummer here. She is playing all the instruments and produced the record herself. Wow. But she intended to write the arrangement so that she could play with a full band when we're, when live music comes back and that she's done uh, the circuit of some of the talk shows and you can see her playing live with our full band. And it's very impressive. Yeah. The, those performances, I would not have guessed that that was not the band that played on the album. They sound fantastic. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is called relative fiction.
has talked a lot in interviews about how kind of the driving force of this album is the fact that she got sober at a really young age and a lot of her earlier material was about that and she felt this pressure to represent a positive image through her songwriting and really send a positive message out to her audience but then she relapsed and had a tough time and she felt like her public image was out of sync with what she was actually experiencing and so this album is an attempt at being more authentic and this song is about you know kind of the pressure to put on an like a mythology of yourself that is really fiction yeah that you know the lyric as in that end of the song of just like come like I have no business praying and I'm finished being good. Like this sense of like, you have to be authentically yourself to engage with whatever that higher power is. And instead of pretending like, no, I'm the, I'm this good person. You have to be like, no, I am a real person. Yeah, and, and it ends with now I can finally be okay and not the way I thought I should, which yeah, is great. It's yeah. And it's yet another track though, where I am amazed that this album is as listenable as it is. Cause every track is, digging so deep into suicide and crisis of faith and just hitting rock bottom in so many different ways. And yet you still feel hopeful coming out of it. And that is such a remarkable achievement. I, uh, a testament to her as an artist and, uh, just, yeah, she's only 25. Yeah. It's, I get my, it's hard <laughs> to get my head around sometimes. So the next track we'll play is called crying wolf. Day one chip on your dresser, get loaded at your house. I ask if you remember you say I don't know what you're talking about. Swallow the truth, force the charcoal down my throat. Finally come to maybe I'll have something to show. It's the first day of the new year All the visitors went home I found out what I thought Was just a pretty trigger smoke Couldn't stand the thought Of having everything to lose So I tied the knot remarkable track here as we're coming into the middle of the album i think most of these tracks i think come from a more rock vocabulary in terms of instrumentation and songwriting style there's occasionally a very countryish twinge to her voice and here this seems like a bid for like arena pop star just the way that it's stripped down synth and piano and her voice is so big and she puts in the kind of melisma that's so popular in like the big pop stars of the day, but she knocks it out of the park. It sounds so personal and big at the same time. And yet another devastating 
story of just hopelessness and relapse after relapse and nailed down with on a song full of amazing song craft and just her way with words this metaphor of i'm not crying wolf i'm out there looking for them that just actively seeing out self-destruction in so heartbreaking so beautiful so like oh i've never heard someone put it that way and it nails such a complicated concept so succinctly it's really remarkable yeah and it calls back to the cover art which is a painting of her sitting in a chair and there's a wolf in the background looking very menacing and it it really like just listening to the song with looking at that cover is very effective yeah so it's it's i think yeah, the, the, the she's able to keep this thematic consistency on the album, but this song sounds so different. It works so well. And yeah, tying in th- that she is such a cohesive artist in such a way that like, diverse sound can, and somehow it's, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat a loss for words here. This song is amazing. <laughs> and there, so it's this song and song in E, which I don't think we're going to talk about or we're going to play, but are the two songs that are much more stripped down and just her with a piano or guitar. And it's it's a really great contrast because in her prior records, it was more, all of the songs were stripped down and they could sound kind of samey. And with so much instrumentation and depth on the other songs that are, like you said, more rock oriented, it makes these really stand out and it makes her voice kind of stand out as a highlight. Yeah, so there is a little bit of guitar on this track and it's super processed and it sounds almost very 80s and it's I think a nice addition to the album and I think that's the only, this is really the only track where she brings out that guitar style and sort of nice on this track with no other guitar and it's able to just do its own thing and it's pretty cool. So the next song we'll play is called Bloodshot. such a stronger electronic influence the beat sounds very electronic and there's just a very machine-like quality to the background uh, sounds but then her the organic nature of her voice is what ties it all together well i think she's in an interview said that yeah the drums are she's playing live drums and drum machines and they're mixed together so Mm. you get a little of both so it is that synthesis and it is yeah again yet another more experimental sounding still her voice is so strong but she's pushing it 
you know, it's more Bjork than Adele mm-hmm. and it totally works. That little ooh is so spooky and it just almost transforms that ver- that chorus that we only hear just twice at the end. So it's kind of this verse, first priest chorus, this just tale of, you know, and you know, being intoxicated out and just how how crazy that is and then this you think like, "Oh, is love going to save you?" and eh, maybe not. And it's Again, another bummer, but so beautiful, and that, yeah, that like, she's finding these different ways to push her songwriting style. That she's so fearless, and I think you know I'm gonna because you haven't brought it up that she's talked about having imposter syndrome. That she thinks she's not a good enough musician, and she is in command of her craft. Like so many different instruments, different styles of production, and it all works. It's really remarkable. There was some interview that I read about talking about Boy Genius, and I don't know if it was Lucy Dacus or Phoebe Bridgers, who are also very accomplished musicians, saying that she's such a guitar wizard and she plays all these different instruments, and it would be really intimidating to make music with her, except that she's just so kind and such a nice person. Yeah, it's yeah rare combination for sure and and it's it's also impressive to just hear the power of her voice because she's such a tiny person also when you see her um but she just can get such a powerful sound yeah so speaking of the boy genius uh yeah her bandmates from that project uh are kind enough to come in and do some backing vocals on this next track we'll play it's called favor we took the 40 down to Visit the family and I Told you the only kin I knew So I could see from the girl I used to think about myself I thought I was a talented said in an interview that the members of Boy Genius had each sung on the other two members solo tracks and so it just happened that they were in Nashville or in um, yeah I guess this was recorded in Memphis sorry in Tennessee at the same time and this is a song that she had just written and it's also about relationships with friends and so she thought this was a good one to have them come sing backing vocals on. Yeah this is another song where she's so ably combining the organic and synthetic where the guitar sound is so clean and then the backing vocals sound so rich and wholesome and yet there's again once again i think a very fake sounding drums and then all these weird synths including these 
even after you get the clean vocals, then you get kind of these super processed vocals coming in at various points, like in that post-chorus and then later uh, in kind of the outro section of the song. And it, even in this, I think, relatively sweet sounding song about friendship, even if it's sometimes the dark parts of friendship and how hard it is and the, you know, the, you know, it's, it's tough to be someone's friend sometimes, but that there are these really dark, kind of almost spooky sounds and she picks some very dark chords as the song progresses that make it yeah it is not a simple song yeah so the next song we'll play is the penultimate track and it's called highlight reel masterfully what she does so well on the entirety of the album which is really manipulate your emotions and starting in a positive way and starting out quiet or a little bit deadpan and then really amping up the emotional intensity so that you really feel when she gets to the kind of peak of the song you really feel it and that's what I ultimately found so engaging about this record is that there's just the intensity is so uh, you know well placed yeah i think the nice little moments we get these little instrumental breaks each one has a very different style we get some actually i think really nice guitar, uh, mm-hmm. drum playing rather by uh where she has this kind of hiccupy mm-hmm. polyrhythm and it works really well and it feels very organic it's not a drum machine i'm damn sure and then this bit where all of the very synthy stuff goes away and then it's just these two very clean guitars interplaying and then throwing it all at the wall with just this building crescendo and finally where she's not afraid to process her own voice with that decide kind of echoing off into the distance and this entire album yeah is about someone who is young and really learning but already learning to live with the fact that hey no matter how much of their life is in front of you there's still plenty behind you and you need to come to terms with that and she's really trying to do that here in a way that's intense and not always easy to listen to like this was not an easy listen album for sure but it's so rewarding 
Yeah, and the song before this, which we didn't play, is called Repeat, and it kind of covers the same emotional territory as far as um, rehashing your past and kind of replaying your past mistakes in your mind and living those over and over. And especially as a touring musician where you're going out and playing these songs, you are really living in that moment over and over every night and kind of what that does to you. And I, I can't wait for her to play these songs live, though, because even though I, I appreciate from these songs how that is a challenge to relive these moments. I, I think the line from Repeat is that it's, I'm going to quote it wrong, but something about like living your worst nightmare every, or having experiencing your worst nightmare every night. That's wrong. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and here this, yeah, this idea of the projector that's like inside the back of her eyeball that's just mm-hmm. playing back all of her past mistakes mm-hmm. and somehow you have to come to terms with that and learn to live with it and hopefully in a way that doesn't involve relapsing in whatever way but really as an adult and i feel like this is the song where instead of feeling the hopelessness you get the sense of like no she's gonna figure this out and and come out with a healthy way to move forward and make more art yeah but but what i was gonna say is that i can't wait to see her perform this with the full band and not just her and her guitar or piano but with all these backing musicians and you can find some video as i said she's been playing on some of the talk shows and things um videos of her performing some of these songs and it's just so powerful and she has such a an emotive way of singing live that i someday when live music comes back i look forward to going to see her someday so the last song we're going to play is called zip tie And thank you so much for listening. We've been discussing Julian Baker's third album called Little Oblivions. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
podcast is a proud member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.